Well, we're turning today to our family series. We've got two more messages, one today on parenting, and then next week, maybe for the most asked question that you get as you're going through a series like this, because you think about what we've been doing uh, since January, you know, we stopped and looked at what the husband is to do, what the wife or the parents or the kids, you look at all these different roles in the home, and, and you're sitting in here and you're wanting to be that role, you're trying to do that, you want that for your home, but somebody in the home ain't playing their role on the team. You know what I'm talking about? You know, and you're saying, what, what, what do I do? I'm here, I agree with you, I understand that, I like that, but, but they aren't. That other person is. What do you do when they're not playing their part on the team? Well, we're going to look at that next week, so I hope you'll be back for that. But today, parenting, that's an on-the-job position, isn't it? On-the-job training. I've been uh, parenting now for almost 19 years and four kids, and I've learned a, a few things, maybe not as much as I should, and even the stuff I've learned, I don't know how brilliant it is, but just some, some observations, things like, you know, if you're a parent, you know, kids, they're going to throw up everywhere but the toilet. I mean, have you noticed that? They, they, they can cover everything in the house except the toilet. They can't, they can't hit that. I, I, I've also learned that uh, no matter how long you wait, five minutes, an hour, they're not throwing up again until you change the sheets. A I, I, few things I've learned. Um, you know, I've learned they're not as good as you think they are. And they are doing things you don't know about. And some of you are just dead set that you know everything going on in your child's life. Yeah. Yeah, just like your parents knew about everything going on in yours, right? Yeah, folks, nothing changes. Nothing changes. I have learned, I've looked through Scripture, that, uh, and the youth are going to love me for this, uh, that I, there is nowhere in there where it says for me to trust them. There's not a single place in there where it says to give them a right to privacy. Wonderful thing the United States affords, but God doesn't ask me to afford that to my children. Actually, I think that we are to look, to question, to search. We're to be on texts and Facebooks and all that stuff. Uh, you know, folks, if you think your job is to pay for it but have no access to it, you're what the Bible calls a moron. Uh, uh, that's a Greek word. That's a Greek word, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, in my house, my wife is in charge of intel. I'm in charge of execution. So uh, you pay for it, you get to look at it. And moms and dads, by looking at some of those Facebooks, clearly y'all have never gone down that street. I encourage you to check that out. Um, oh, if, you, uh, if you've bought into that idea that they need internet and uh, TV access in their room for homework, <laughs> you're what the Bible calls it. Well, we've already covered that, haven't we? Uh, you know, I have learned that uh, when my kids need the most, that seems to almost always coincide with it when it seems like I have the least to offer. H have you noticed that in, in your own life? I've learned some things about myself in parenting. Uh, I, you know, I have, and I've said this before, I think sometimes... Uh, I've learned as much about God trying to be a dad. Because, you know, I realize how inconsistent I am. You know, I, 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 I feel for my kids sometimes who have to wake up and figure out which dad they get that day. You know, do they, do they get the, the dad who doesn't care about rules? Or do they get the dad who's looking to bring down, the, you know, lower the boom on the letter of the law? Because you know what? We are inconsistent, aren't we? 
You know, we're one way one day and one way. And it makes you realize, man, I don't ever. I mean, look what my kids have to deal with. I don't ever have to deal with that with God. He is absolutely perfect, balanced, and consistent every single day. I don't ever have to wake up and wonder which God I'm getting today. What, what, what God woke up today. We don't ever have to do that. Uh, I have learned that I do think my kids are better than they are. And certainly better than yours. And, um, <laughs> and I have learned that in this parenting game, you know where you've got, you know, forever. I mean, parenting is just endless. And, 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 you, oh, and you've got forever to get it right until you blink like twice and all of a sudden you're looking at a finish line. Parenting is an interesting thing. It's one of the few areas of life where you can desire great things, have great goals, and then do almost nothing about it. Now that, that sounds kind of like a mean-spirited statement, doesn't it? Kind of judgmental, kind of in your face. I don't mean it that way. I think it's true of all of us. If you'll stop and think about it, we've all been in places where, man, I, I, you know, I, I want to be this kind of dad. I want to be this kind of mom. Or we, we want to accomplish this with our kids. And man, we believe it with our heart. We are very, very sincere. And then the week goes on. And then we don't do a whole lot with it. I mean, I, I got to go to work now. You know, I'm, I'm tired. Uh, they're busy. And this kind of endless cycle of things goes on until all of a sudden somebody's packing up and moving out. And we're standing there going, man, I, I, I did do what I... We, we did, we did we, what we're supposed to do, right? Did we do? You know, one of the things we started this whole series with, looking at, at Deuteronomy chapter 6, maybe the one defining thing we're supposed to be doing as a parent, that it's very easy to go through a whole parenting life and never even think about is, am I transferring God to the next generation? Am I communicating and teaching God in everything we're doing as parents? I mean, we're, we're to be communicating God as we deal with homework and allowances and, and curfews and talking about sex and money and rules and life. Man, in everything we're doing, we're to be communicating God. That's what we're supposed to be doing as a mom and dad. That's what's supposed to be defining us and guiding us. We started that whole series looking at that. So I've already kind of looked at parenting a little bit, but today I want to come and look a little bit more specifically at this role. And as I do, probably look a little bit differently than maybe you were anticipating when you, when you saw a message on parenting. What I want to look at today is not as much the decisions we make or what we do or don't do, but I want to look at our view of the kids. What's our attitude about the kids? Because I'd like to suggest that perhaps we don't have the attitude about our kids that God would actually have us to have. I realize that's kind of a, a big statement. And kind of to develop that idea, I, I don't want to look at us for a moment. I, I want to make it a little bit easier than that. I, I want to go out into the world. Let, let, let's go out into the world and let's think about how the world looks at and views children for a moment. And I think there's two key words that would define the world's view of kids. And when I say world, maybe a little bit more fair would be to say American society. The American society's view of children. Two key words. The first one is choice. That's the first word that enters as we think about a child. They're a, they're a choice that we make. 
And then the second word is liability. In our day and culture, we treat children as a choice. I think that abortion has a bigger and more profound impact than even on that, that mother and that unwanted pregnancy. It goes on to affect our entire view of children, the living ones. We treat them as a choice. That's all they are. Not a human life. Not a soul. They're just my choice. My reproductive choice. And, and then as we bring them into the world by our choice, well, then we got a, a series of other choices that we have to make in what we're going to do with this choice. And in our society today, quite often those, those decisions are based on how do I take care of them and do well for them in a way that it doesn't affect my life. Because after all, the highest goal in the American society is my happiness. My, my fulfillment. I, I've got goals. I've got dreams. And, and for me to be healthy mentally and emotionally, and I, you know, there, it has to be about me. And, and so how do I do this with these children? And that's where you move into the second word as they become a liability. That sounds like such a negative thing to call a child. They are, in the American lifestyle, a liability. That, that changed as we entered the 20th century. Prior to the 1900s, having a child meant that family had a greater chance at survival. I mean, the goal of life was to survive. It was to live. And children gave you more opportunity to do that. A child was another farmhand, another hunter, another protector. Children died a lot more often. I mean, you had to have five or six to see two or three reach adulthood. And so having a child meant this family can survive. But that changed as we came into the 1900s. Because no longer was survival our primary goal. We had that pretty much covered. And so we moved on to these other things like, like goals and fulfillment. We, we, we talk now about a standard of living. Folks, if, if a standard of living is my goal... A child is in the way of that. You may not know this. They cost a lot. You know, they cost a lot for at least 18 years, maybe on up towards 25. And I'm discovering once you get beyond 18, those next three or four can cost as much as the whole prior 18 combined. Folks, that is by definition a liability. If my goal is my fulfillment, if my goal is a standard of living, a child is very costly in being able to do that. Do you see how that changed in American history? From being an asset to being a cost to being a liability? Now, I'm not suggesting that's how you look at a child or your children, any one individual family in here. I am suggesting, folks, that we are affected by the mentality of the society around us. I am suggesting we are affected by the, the views around us and those views will then begin to impact how we make parenting decisions. Well, when you think about being a parenting, we got big questions, don't we? I mean, the strong-willed child and saying yes, sir, and no, ma'am, and how we get them to pick up their room and do their homework and you know, how we ultimately can get it so that we're proud every time they walk out the door. Yeah, those are important questions, but I think there's something that comes before that. Before we get to actions and decisions, there's an attitude. 
And that attitude has a great impact on how we answer questions and how we live out those answers. And so I want to look today at the attitude we have about children and more importantly, the attitude God would have us to have about children. So let's look and see what God's attitude is. Would you turn with me this morning to Psalm 127? Psalm 127, kind of right there in the middle of your Bible. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, we've got some on the chairs in front of you. If it's not right in front of you, it should be on the row. If you point to one, I know somebody will hand it to you. Psalm 127, kind of right there in the middle. Psalm 127, we're going to look at two passages. They're both right here in the, in the psalm. Psalm 127, it's a short psalm, but we're going to look at just a couple of verses in it. Look at verse 3. Psalm 127, verse 3. It says, Sons are indeed a heritage or a blessing from the Lord. Children, a reward. It's, it's a reward from God. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. Such men will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. And then look over at Psalm 139, just a few pages to the right. Psalm 139, verse 13. It says, therefore, it was you, not my parents' choices. You notice that? I mean, it's not very scientific, right? But a child is not the product of their parents' choices. It says, you created my inward parts. You, not my mother, not my father, but God knitted me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned. What an incredible thought, folks. All my days. And it says here to finish the, the, the verse, before a single one of them began, before you ever entered this world, God already had ordained the day you would enter and the day you would exit. You ever think about that? Think how many times we define death as a, boy, that was a tragic death. That was an accidental death. Or maybe we're even more frustrated because we, we see it as a death of negligence. Now, folks, we all got a way we would prefer to die, don't we? I mean, I know how I would like to die. But at the end of the day, how is somewhat irrelevant. The fact is, we are. And the fact is, it's already been determined. Before a single day began, every single day was written down in the book. You think about what God is saying about a child in just these two passages. That doesn't sound like a choice and a liability, does it? Man, God says they're a reward. They're a blessing in life. And they're not just some kind of choice that becomes a cost. Man, they were specially ordained for you at the very moment that they arrived. Man, do you see how Satan and the world have twisted and made just the opposite of what God says? God says they're a, a blessing and, the re, and a reward and they have entered life at a unique moment. And we've said, no, that, that, that's just a choice I made. And, and, and a liability, a cost at that. 
Now, I'm not saying, again, that, that we think that way. I mean, we're, we're the church, right? We know children are a blessing. We love our children. We call them a blessing when we're at church. <laughs> but, but here's where I would like to ask, has the world's view impacted us? I think we probably would be quick to say, no, I don't, I don't think it has. But actually, I would suggest that even as a community of believers, how the world views children has begun to sink in to some of our ways that we look at them. I, I could give a number of illustrations. Let me give one. You know the old hymn, Showers of Blessing. Sing the song, Showers of Blessing. is a simple thought, you know. God, I want you to shower me. I want your, your blessings to rain down on my life. I mean, folks, when I say the word blessings, I'm sure something comes to your mind. And you want all of it. I mean, whatever God has got for blessings, you're saying, God, give me all your blessings. I've never heard anybody say, you know, Lord, I, I, I don't want any blessings today. No, no blessings for me. Lord, could you just give me, could you give me a half a blessing? No, I mean, folks, whatever you think of when you think of blessings, you want every bit of it. God, I want, I want to shower. I want your blessings to shower down on my life. Now, if we want God's blessings showered on our lives and children are a blessing, then could we not sing, God, shower me with children? Ah! No! Shut it off! <laughs> now, seriously, why do we laugh? Because it's true. There's nobody in here thinking, shower me with children, and when I run out, I'll go take care of the nursery. You should. You should go take care of the nursery. Somebody go tell Buddy I said that. You know, folks, here, here's where I'm going with this. Okay? Do you know why we don't want to be showered with children? I, I, I can't say for definitively it's true for every single person, but there's one reason we don't want to be showered with children. It's money. I'm telling you folks, we look at them as a cost. Not as a reward, not as a blessing. We look at them as a liability. And that's going to begin to affect then my attitude, my actions, and my decisions. When we're looking at them like that. Yeah, they do cost. I mean, you can't deny that. But if that becomes my view, my look at them, that they're a cost, that's going to begin then to unfold in how I treat them and how I respond to them. God says they're a reward. And we're saying, no, 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 they're a cost. They're a liability. So folks, what, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? You know, I, I, first of all, folks, I, I'm not saying that this is not a sermon about how many children you have. Okay, I don't believe the Bible dictates or commands a certain number of kids. You know, if you've got no kids or one kid, you're ungodly. But if you get up to four or five or six, then okay, now it's starting to count. The Bible doesn't say anything like that. But do you see how, how we might go about the decision of kids begins to affect our attitude? How it does, how the world has crept in. And if the world's crept in, I've got to confront that. I've got to deal with that in my life and say, my gosh, hey, I am looking at my kids defined by the world. I can't do that. I've got to look at my kids how God has told me to look at them. Now, now what does that actually mean? What does that actually look like? Well, folks, this is not a difficult sermon. This is real simple. 
best I can tell, it only means two things. Number one, I treat them like a blessing. I treat them, and I would add a pronoun to that. I treat them like my blessing. They're not my parents' blessing. They're not the school's blessing. They're not the daycare's blessing. They're not even the church's blessing. They're my blessing. And here in that case, blessing also means my responsibility. They were given to me by God, and I will stand before God for them. Now, folks, when you think about something that blesses you, I mean, that means it has filled you up, it has encouraged you, it has strengthened you, it has provided for you. There is an overwhelming spirit of gratitude. I mean, you're thinking, okay, how do I treat a blessing? There's gratitude. Usually there's protection. It, it's your blessing. You want to protect it. You want to nurture it. You want to provide for it. You want to you keep it strong. That is what starts to guide then and impact how we look at that child. We treat them. We look at them. We respond to them as a blessing. Now, now the second thing I see from these two passages is this blessing comes from somewhere and it's not my choice. This blessing comes from God. That means I look to God for His way. I look to God for how He wants me to manage this blessing. I look to His Word for what does He say about being a mom, about being a dad, about children, about what's supposed to be going on in the home. And folks, there's too many people. There's too many people sitting in church today, too many Christians that when you think about being a mom, you think about being a dad, you'd say, well, I, I, I don't know that I, I don't know everything the Scripture says about that. I'm not, even, I'm not even sure where I would go to find out what it says about that. Folks, that answer is not good enough. Being ignorant here is just wrong. Okay, so you don't know where. What have you done to find? We're talking about a human soul. We're talking about a human life put under your care and responsibility as a blessing, as a good thing, as a reward. What are you doing to find out what God said? I mean, if you can't find it on your own, we got great Christian bookstores where you go and you get a book on parenting that guides you to the passages, that guides you to the principles. What are you doing to learn? What are you doing to seek God's way and understand what He has for you? with that child. See, folks, if I'm looking at them as a blessing, saying, well, I don't know what to do with the blessing, that, that ain't good enough, is it? That, that's, that's just not going to work. It's your job to find out what God has said and to learn how to follow His path with those children. You know, folks, I, and you've heard me talk a number of times about my parents. And, uh, you know, one of the things they did so well uh, for me and I, for my sisters, I believe the same, is, is they were able to consistently communicate that I, that we, were a blessing to them. That, that, that they loved us. Uh, that They did that when, when we were doing well, and they did that. I, had, I remember once, like in my first 18 years, there was like four or five seconds where I was rebellious. Just, just a quick moment. <laughs> just for a moment. But, you know, even in, even in the good times, and yes, even in the bad times, do you know, I never for a moment doubted that I was a blessing to my parents. I never for a moment doubted that, that they loved me. And let me tell you how they did not communicate that. 
They did not communicate that by giving me everything I wanted. I don't remember ever a time in my life where they were just dumping stuff. As much as I wanted, whatever I wanted. They did not communicate that by making the home uh, about what I wanted or what my sisters wanted. My parents were kind of old-fashioned and weird, you know. They thought moms and dads made decisions. They, they thought moms and dads set the course of the home. The home wasn't defined by what the kids wanted and where the kids wanted to go and what the kids thought was important. They thought mom and dad did that. Weird, isn't it? So they didn't communicate that I was special by giving me what I want or, or letting me do whatever I want. They did communicate it through... I, probably two words come to my mind when I think of my mom and dad. Involvement and sacrifice. They were involved. I mean, I, I saw, not because he sat down and told me, I'm just observing as a, as a six-year-old, as a, as a 12-year-old. I saw my dad make career choices that put his path in my path. I saw my mom make career choices that, that put her in the home. They saw us as a blessing, whatever it cost them. Cost them. What put them where we were? I saw them involved in the things that we were involved in and a part of. And so, because they were involved, they were there. They were walking with us day by day through life so that they were, as we've talked about this, as we've talked about legacy milestone ministries and go back to the beginning of this sermon series, they were there to, to talk about God and the things of God as we moved through life. Now, let me tell you something my parents didn't do. They didn't make perfect decisions. And they do listen to this sermon, my sermons, every single week. So we're going to have to edit this next few minutes out, okay? Um, they were not perfect parents. You know, there's, there is no such thing, don't you? There's no perfect parents that have walked on this planet. My, my, my parents made individual at-the-moment mistakes. And they made some larger, not such a moment, but even a, a value or a period of time. They made mistakes. They were not perfect parents. I can think of several things they did very wrong uh, with me. And I make a list for them if they asked. But, uh, but let me tell you something. And here's why I'm saying attitude is bigger than the actual questions and answers. Because the constant in my life was not the ability of my parents to make perfect decisions for 18 years. That, that was not the constant. The constant through the 18 years, the constant through good decisions and bad decisions, bad mommy days and bad daddy days, the constant was their attitude. Never for a moment did I doubt that I was a blessing to them. Never for a moment did I doubt their love. And that's what kind of brings all those good and bad decisions together and produces the home that you want, the family that you want. So this attitude is a huge thing. Yeah, there are very important questions we need to answer, and I'm not answering any of them today. Attitude comes first. You know... If you're sitting here today and, and you're not married and, and you're thinking one day about family life and having kids or you're married and going to have children or have just had a child, this is, you eat the message like this up. Because I mean, when they're that little baby bumbling joy, I mean, it's all blessing. You know, they, they grow up. <laughs> and then we start to use different words. And, uh, and so if, if you're beyond that, if you're kind of down the road in the parenting game or getting beyond down the road in the parenting game, a lot of times we look back and, and well, I, you know, I'll quote James Dobson. He said, the number one emotion of parents, guilt. 
guilt. You know, and that's because I think inherent in us is to know there's something special about this child. And as we look back over a lifetime, whether it be the last three or four years or the last 18, we, we realize not, not all of my decisions, not all of my actions, not all of my words, not all of my attitudes communicated to that child that they were a blessing. And you realize I, I didn't do with that what I should have done. And, and we feel guilty about that. Folks, let me say something I have said in so many different sermons. It is never too late to do the right thing. Whether they're 17 or 44, you can walk up to them and and have the power of the spoken blessing. The the power of humility and confession. It says, you know what? You are one of God's great, great blessings in my life. And, And you know what? I don't know that my words or actions always communicated that. As a matter of fact, some of my words and actions may even have led you to believe something very different. And I am sorry. And that's it. That's where the sentence ends. No, no, no explanation, no, no defense. You just, this is what you are. And I didn't always respect that. Who knows what that might begin? And, and then you start praying and looking for actions and words that do begin to communicate the blessing that they are. Now, you know, there would be some in here, and I hope not many, but there would be some who, who your child, where, wherever they are in life right now, they're, they're living in such a way and capacity that it doesn't look much like a blessing. As a matter of fact, it's a real problem. And, and so you would sit here and say, you know, if I walked up to my kid right now and said, you're a blessing, it, it sounds stupid. I mean, I mean, they're not being a blessing. They know they're not being a blessing. They know they know they are a source of great hurt and frustration in my life. And so if I can say, you're a blessing, they're going to look. I mean, it's just not going to make any sense. Your kids are not a blessing. Because of their actions and their successes. They're a blessing because they were created by God. And he gave them to you. And do you realize in all of your children's successes and failures, those are opportunities for you to know God, depend upon God, grow in God, seek God. It's an opportunity for you to have a greater understanding of what it must be like for God to be your father. They're a blessing because they're created by God. So tell them that. Who knows what that might do, what that might start. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we we do have questions and we need help from the owner's manual. Uh, How to discipline. When, When to be gracious, when to be legalistic. God, what what to do with the passive-aggressive child? What to do with the strong-willed child? When do we pay for it? When do we let them pay for it? There's a lot of questions, God. Father, I pray that as we look at our children, that, that we would look first 
at how we view them and not the decision we need, need to make with them or about them. And Lord, as we would, would pray and try to, to, to turn our heart and mind to see them in that way, may we be ever so mindful that you look at us as a blessing. God the Father looks at me as a blessing. And it's not because of my successes. And it's not because of how proud I've made him with each day I've lived. But it's because I'm his handiwork. Father, I pray that as we go through this week. That we would just kind of look and see in different places in our life. How do I make the decisions I make? How do I look at people? Is it more from God's view or is it more from the world's view? Lord, especially as we look at our kids. Show us where we are operating more from the world than we are from you. Guide us in what it looks like to begin operating with your viewpoint. May we treat them as a blessing. Whether they're three or 17 or 48. Because you have treated us like we're a blessing. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.